Hello, listeners. Welcome to A Writer's World. This is Sean Griffin, a poet and writer who hopes to share some part of that world here with you here on KWNK. It's a big subject, and we'll see where it leads. Today's program is entitled The Dinner Party, a very different dinner party than Judy Chicago's incredible ceramic history of women that debuted in 1980. This dinner party was quiet, hidden from view, with but a few of us at the table. The room was not filled with a large, triangular piece of sculpture. There were no crowds to watch over its exhibition, nothing to hail its presentation, because we grew to know each other over a formica table in the prison chapel. We learned how to say our respective names under the careful watch of the chaplain, and we thought it was poetry we came to study, but all this time later, it felt closer to fellowship, the give and take of oneself long after the poem had lost any tangible reference to staying alive. The road outside was icy. They had texted that morning, Can we make it up in this weather? Sure, I texted back, just go slow and you'll be fine. At dusk, I received another text, Can we come now? which seemed odd because they were early, early because they could not contain their anticipation. These three men were in my poetry workshop for almost 20 years. This was nearly a third of their lives, longer than it takes to build freeways or train tracks to faraway places. The three of them were quite different. One man had read more than most librarians, another worked in manufacturing, and the last man was steeped in his faith. Faith was a big part of their lives. For years, they looked at me as if the outside world was ephemeral. They were never sure of being released. It, too, was ephemeral. This only led to more speculation. They may write for a long time before they step away from the yard. I had asked all of them to bring me some poems as a friend was curating an exhibition of prison art and poetry. They came with pockets full of poems. I was grateful they were still writing, because as hard as it is to master the art form, it is harder still to keep at it once you return to the free world. There is no circumspection here. It is a very real place. You need work, a driver's license, or identification, an apartment, and someone to vouch for you in this long period of abeyance. These things war inside you and bring the pen to a halt. You can't write much if you're still looking for a job because you have a record. This is the weight that is held from view, a weight others often cannot see, a weight of years, of silences, of feelings pushed below because they are not of use save to survive. When my friends opened the front door, they were ebullient, as if they had stepped across a threshold. This is what home looks like, what good food smells like, what kindness gathers at the table. My wife made a steaming pot of pozole, Caesar salad, and veggie quesadillas. She served them as if it were, were the first time. We ate and talked and ate some more until we were people without some former definition. It is not hard to imagine wanting such acceptance when it is a privilege. We forget that normal conversation is not always a given. I listened as they spoke, and to a person, it was as if they had uncovered the man who was once a part of them. They were trying to share this discovery across the serving bowls, a witness to their stories. 
Then I remembered the faces of the men when I met them so long ago, these faces who were coming alive before my eyes. I remembered what we looked like in the chapel. There was not much contrast. The blue denim, of course, the gray linoleum, the cement walls, and the godless spines on the shelf. The lone steel door faced south, and there was a great recognition of the light that came through when a visitor walked in. Some days we saw migrating birds on the yard, gulls, cormorants, pelicans, and others gave way to starlings, pigeons, and sparrows. These were the moments when the wild just beyond the door said so much. For years I looked at their faces but never spoke my covenant. This was the day I hoped for, when they walked out and made peace with that same wild they had left years before. This was the day I tried to register in their faces, to find its tether in the long adjudication of silence. And even if I couldn't, I refused to believe it wasn't there. I refused the designation of being not present for this time, much as I have to believe they did. It was not enough to share their work, although I praised it when it was warranted, because this was a foil. It was all a way to get to the gate. If they could start to write some part of their lost selves, begin to say who they were before this incarnation, break this pattern of holding on to the death drum, then the poems were like candles, and I could not stop them. I watched them burn in their hands as they read them, and knew something radical had just been shared. They were not prepared for the moment this small vessel of art broke free. They were determined to confide their days to the leather months of calendars, but once in the open, the poem was without days or hours. The poem was the way they began to annul the verdict of silence, as the late poet Vassar Miller wrote. Like most of the guys who came into the workshop, when my dinner companions began to write, it was hard. I don't know how to write an effing thing. It's just a game to me. But when I read Baca, Betts, and Hogan to them, all they wanted to do was read more. That's when they knew I wasn't lying. Poetry was real. This was what I had to write. Slowly they started to teach the new guys. You better start revising. This is more than putting in your time. It's our one hour of the week when the world just goes away. Nothing in here is off the table. The question is, are you with us or not? There's no time for bullshit. Even though all we have is time, this time is not for sale. We keep it close. We guard it. You come if you must. If you can't make it, we understand. But let us do this in peace. Don't hassle us because you don't understand how much it means to be here. Just pay attention. You'll learn what you need to write. And the words won't fool you. They'll stand beside you if you give them half a chance. And some days they don't want to be here, but you have to hold them like lovers on the page. There was a muffled laughter and then a thickening in the air. He was serious. He really meant hold them like a lover. Suddenly poetry wasn't an idea anymore. It wasn't some peripheral activity that big minds understood. It was part of who they were, what they said and did. It spoke for them and came out of hiding for the rest of the hour. It was their way into the self they had lost, and they didn't need my permission any longer. In most fields, this is called an apprenticeship. 
Inside, it was more like belonging to an idea, a belief in the efficacy of writing. And for the entirety of the dinner party, I thumbed the pine table, uncertain the men were really here and no longer there, because these men were Dickinson-like. Their hope was, indeed, a thing of feathers. These men had witnessed their shrinking over time and came back nonetheless. This is who my wife ladled Posole to. This is how we threaded the story of our being together. It was clear from the moment they stepped from the car that no ice would keep them from the door. No road of twists and turns up the mountain would separate us. We had this one moment of time on a snowy evening and shared it like it was good wine. I could hardly eat, so struck was I with their faces, sitting across from me, holding their spoons of grace. I want to close with a poem by one of the men entitled Farewell Trip. Trip is the man to whom the poem is addressed. I knew this man, a quiet time, life drains away shortly. We spent time in a cage of minds. He laid still, mouth open wide, partly to move. Many hands pulled these lifeless limbs, body rolled, haunting. I see him there, white and cold, beautiful, a friend of mine, daunting. Farewell trip. It will be some time before I can forget the dinner party. It was, after all, as if the men had made a piece of sculpture. But theirs was fluid and pressed against, a, against walls that few ever see. They had exhibited something like art in the presence of its never-ending threats. They had come forth with poems that began to define them. They had listened like a Buddhist in thrall to its calling. This concludes our program on the dinner party. Please join us in the collective ether sphere on the first and third Sundays at 5 p.m. for our next meditation on words or stream it at kwnkradio.org. And please support your local independent bookstore. In Reno, that's Sundance Books and Music. And in Las Vegas, that's the Writer's Block. They're open and we need them. Thank you. Be safe and spread a little kindness wherever you are.